Amen. As we greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Just turn around and say to your neighbor, I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, I had Brother Mpanyanas talking about the skill here. Amen. And I said, uh, what, I, what I would love and what I like, liked is that uh, before you go out to get a service from unbelievers out there, check whether there is a believer who can provide a service. Amen. It's no, it's no brainer. We, we need to support one another inside. Hallelujah. If somebody is a tailor, he can make you a suit. He must not just see you wearing a good suit. Amen. But I think on clothes is very critical. <laughs> there was once a, a sister that designed a traditional shirt for me, uh, which I, I really loved. It, it looked presidential. Amen. Now, while I was satisfied that I'm the only unique one, now, when I come Sunday, I see another brother wearing it. <laughs> then I said, no, that's not how we do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just make sure that a service must be unique to that specific person. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, Brother Voices got a very nice one here. Imagine if all of us would come wearing the same. <laughs> Amen. God bless you as uh, uh, we turn to the scriptures. I've got greetings from Pastor Kumomusi from Botswana. Amen. He said I must greet the church. Uh, actually, he was looking for all of you there in Easter next year. Amen. Uh, but unfortunately, we are we are committed elsewhere. So, but he said, no, uh, that weed bank, I need it here. Uh, and he said, I want to treat them as guests. They will not pay for accommodation. They will not pay for food. I want to treat them as guests when they visit us here at Botswana. Because they, they treated me and my wife very well when I was that side. Amen. How many have got passports? I think we must make it illegal not to have a passport. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so you might get a, a confirmation of a date to visit uh, Botswana. Amen. Because he said, I want you and the rest of the people, the church that side. Amen. Amen. But he, he will confirm, confirm the date. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, without waste of time, let's uh, go to in the Skosana family. You know that they've got an event on the 16th. Hallelujah. Uh, my view is that uh, uh, the Skosana family are not independent. 
they are part of the message community. So we pray for them. We advise them. If we see something that is not in line, we must be the first people to raise a flag and say, brothers and sisters, not this way, that way. Hallelujah. Uh, is it like that, Iskosanas? Yes, hey, amen. Because we are not just the fans, but we, we advise us as well. Amen. Uh, let's go and read the scripture. We can just read, I'll tell you which way to read. John chapter 1, from verse 41. John chapter 1, from verse 41, it reads in this manner. We've got a vacancy of an assistant Zulu interpreter. Uh, hallelujah. So that when Brother Msiz is held, held up, somebody must relieve him. He will train the person. Hallelujah. Israel and Giti, young brothers. All right. Ah, no, so too. Okay. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so John chapter 1 from verse 41 it reads in this manner it says he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him we have found the Messiah which is being interpreted the Christ and he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day, the day following Jesus, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God, thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? 
thou shalt see greater things than this. Amen. As we pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, this morning once again as mortals, we've raised our hands and we've bowed down our heads, acknowledging that somebody created us. And it is none other than the almighty God that spoke the universe into existence. And this morning we've come this way just to honor the day of the resurrection, acknowledging the grace that was extended unto us. And that is why every believer, when they begin to think what would have become of us without the grace of God, Lord, thoughts did you fail us, ways did you fail us, but this morning, we are very much thankful that we were found by the Almighty God. And that is why this morning, we are not ashamed to say we are the children of the light. Because we have accepted the revelation of the hour, dear God. I say, bless every man and woman in this building. And when they leave this place, let them know Christ better. I think that is the purpose of every man and woman in this building is to know Christ better. As I commit everybody to you, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Now, just for a couple of minutes, we want to speak on this phrase, we have found him. Hallelujah. It's a, it may not seem as startling as it used to be when it was first spoken. Hallelujah. But we will just get into the background as to how it came about. How many believe that just reading about him is not enough? Amen. Hallelujah. How many believe that just hearing about him is not enough? Amen. And how many believe that finding him is enough? Yes. Hallelujah. Uh, people study about him, hear about him, preach about him, sing about him. But few people can utter such statement, we have found him. And this morning, we, we just want to check how those in the past found him. Then it will tell us how you can find him. But maybe before I can do that, how many found him in the end time? <laughs> Hallelujah. And how many led that they found him in the end time? Amen. Amen. You know, when you find him, you, you must have a praise in your heart. Because uh, when, you, when you found him, you can't keep quiet. When the Samaritan woman found him, she ran back to the city. You, you can imagine the people that she must have met on her way into the city. She must have been screaming at the top of her voice, I found him, I found him. Amen. Now... Messiah, there were hundreds, if not thousands, of prophecies 
about Messiah. And even God himself in the Garden of Eden after the fall, when he had to chase Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, he made a promise about the one that will come. Hallelujah. That will bruise the serpent's head. Uh, it, w- it was a prophecy that God gave in the Garden of Eden. However, when Moses, who was a, a measure dispensational prophet, came, he spoke this way to the Israelites, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. Amen. And we know that here he was speaking about the Messiah. You you know, when when somebody knows themselves in the scriptures, they don't give very wishy-washy statements. They they give statements that have got a sense of clarity. I I mean, if Moses say, the Lord God will raise a prophet like unto me. that, That is a very bold statement. I think some must have been there and say, who does Moses think he is? But it never mattered what people thought. What mattered is that Moses knew who he was scripturally. Yes, Hallelujah. And, and he made this prophecy that God will raise up a prophet like unto me from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him he shall hearken. That was Moses speaking about it. Then we move to Isaiah. And Isaiah spoke and said in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 4, he says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a vision shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, we, mean, we know that it means God with, with us. Now, from Moses, now it is Isaiah pointing towards somewhere that there is somebody that is coming. Hallelujah. And this one will be a vision born. This one will not come the way the rest of us came. He will be a perfect seat of God. He will be a vision born. Hallelujah. He will not come from our polluted genetic pool. God himself will give you a sign, a vision shall conceive without knowing a man. So it was a prophecy that again was just spoken. Now, he went again Isaiah, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Now, when you check uh, this statement at face value, it has it has some 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 of the things that seem like uh, contradictions. Because how can a son, a son be born, a child be born, and be called a mighty God? Hallelujah! How can a child be born and be called the everlasting Father? But it was a prophecy that he was inspired to give during his time, he as well put it out there as a prophecy. Hallelujah. 
Now, the reason I'm giving you a background is because the people that were expecting the Messiah, they were not just expecting them being in a limbo. They were expecting Messiah while they engaged themselves with the scrolls. What were the prophecies saying about the Messiah before he came? Hallelujah. So that means they read the books of Moses. They read the books of Jeremiah. They read the books of Isaiah. And they read all the prophecies and they were trying to dovetail the prophecies and say, when he comes, what should we expect of him? Hallelujah. Because if you are waiting for something, but you don't know what you are waiting for, even when it comes, you may never know that it has arrived. Are we together? So that means if you are expecting me to come, but you don't know how I look like, I might as well be around the place where you are, and without you realizing that I'm around. But uh, that's why before you go and meet a person, if you don't know him, I normally see when they, they receive you at an airport, maybe if you travel, uh, they send somebody to come and pick you up at the airport. What they will do, maybe they will have a big sign, maybe that will say, uh, Pastor Madiba. So, he doesn't know me. I don't know him. But when I walk out, when I see the sign that says Pastor Mariba, immediately he will see some enlightenment on my, on my face and he will say, God bless you, Pastor. But what, what made us to see one another is because between us, there is a sign. Are we together? So, and if you go and meet somebody, maybe you might ask them and say, how are you dressed? And say, I'm... Um, dressed in an orange suit, and when you get there, uh, you look for somebody, because there has got to be different description, orange juice, uh, orange suit, and then I'm tall, and then I've got bald head, so that uh, when you get there, you should not just run uh, uh, behind every person that has got uh, an orange suit. Hallelujah. The, the description have got, have got to be so distinct that the person that you identify, it has to be based on the description. I hope we are together. So that means they were not just expecting Messiah in a, in a generic uh, approach, but they were looking for the specifications that this Messiah would fulfill as far as the prophecies were concerned. Hallelujah. Now, and for them to understand They've got, and the, 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 when a prophecy is about to be fulfilled, you do not become disparate to make a prophecy look like it's being fulfilled. A prophecy, if it is genuine, it will fulfill itself. That's why I've got problem uh, with Christians that sometimes would want to pick up this and pick up that to prove that Christianity is the truth. It does not need to be proven. It's already proven. Are we together? Because the, the danger part is that the moment you try to prove, I mean, even with the prophets, I see some people, there's a picture that is running around with Obama, uh, uh, and there is a picture of the prophet behind. Why would you do something like that? There is no such picture. There was never a time where Obama stood and there was a picture of the prophet behind him. Uh, does he, that, does, does, the picture behind Obama proved that Brother Branham is the prophet. No, say, you're just making mockery out of something that is already vindicated. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want to say to the believers, resist the temptation to try to prove what is already proven. 
Hallelujah. Christ came, died, and rose. You can never prove further than that. The only thing that you can prove to somebody is that the same one that came and that was crucified and that was buried and that rose, his life is in my heart. Hallelujah. And when the people see that the same life that was in him is in you, what better proof are they looking for? Hallelujah. So what I'm simply saying is that I say during that time before the announcement could be made of Messiah, I'm sure there was a lot of fanaticism that went forth. There were a lot of people that wanted to take this prophecy with that prophecy, and maybe a lot of them came to nothing. And how do I know? When you check the skepticism of Nathaniel when he said, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? He must have been exposed to a lot of fanaticism and say, but we have, we have chased after that one, and it proved that it was not genuine. We uh, chase after that one, it never proved that it was genuine. Hallelujah. But what I like about them, they, they dwelt in the scriptures. They delved into the scrolls and they looked for specific characteristics of Messiah. The first thing that they knew is that this Messiah, although his birth will be supernatural, he will be born of a woman. Hallelujah. The second thing that they knew is that this Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. So that means if you know the specification, if he is born in Nazareth, then you know that it is not the one. Hallelujah. Even if it may seem real, but because the prophecy, it must be fulfilled to the latter. It must be fulfilled to the dot. Hallelujah. Another thing that they knew is that this Messiah would be born of a virgin. Hallelujah. So it can never just be any other woman that says, I've given birth to Messiah. It has to be a vision. Another thing that they knew is that this Messiah had to come from the lineage of Abraham. Hallelujah. If, if, if he is born of a woman, and if he is born in Bethlehem, and if he is born of a vision, but does not come from the lineage of Abraham, he is not the real one. Hallelujah. So that is why, when, as a believer, whenever God has promised something, make sure that you do not lower the standard to make it seem like it is real. If it is not real, walk away from it. Because if it is real, I can tell you, hundreds of prophecies were just fulfilled in one man who was the Messiah. How many prophecies were fulfilled in Brother Brandon? Many of them. How many prophecies were fulfilled in Moses? Many of them. So never ever change uh, 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 or make a prophecy to seem like it is fulfilled when it is not fulfilled. Hallelujah. Another thing, he would have to be a descendant of Isaac and Jacob. He would have, this Messiah, he would have to be a prophet. And when we say a prophet, he has got to foretell things, and the things that he foretells must happen the way he has foretold them. Hallelujah. They knew that he had to be preceded by Elijah. Before he comes, Elijah must come. Hallelujah. Can you see the sequence of events? So that means you can never have Messiah without Elijah coming before the Messiah. Are we together? The other thing that they knew is that this man would be declared to be the son of God. Another thing that they knew based on the scriptures is that he would be a priest 
after the order of Melchizedek. They knew that he would be a king. Hallelujah. Are we together? And if we go on and on, they knew that he's got to be God in flesh. Hallelujah. So, this, then they sat there after having read all these things. And they understood the specifications of prophecies. But however, the danger part is that when a prophecy is uttered, everybody can comprehend the prophecy, but only few can know when a prophecy has been fulfilled. Hallelujah. Because when a prophecy is being spoken, everybody can be receptive and know about it. However, the people that will see the fulfillment of the prophecy, it has to be the predestinated seed. Those are the people that God is obligated to come to and say, that time that was spoken is this time. Yes, Hallelujah. And that is why you will see, God, God is never, will never be disparate in order for people to understand him. He speaks the word, and when after he has spoken the word, when the word fulfills itself, he knows that the, down there, there is a predestinated city that will know and say, it has happened. Are we still together? Now, after they have known these things, and after they have read and shared, I, I can imagine Nathaniel and Philip must have spent a lot of time together, where they came together to share, what have you read about him today? And say, I was in Isaiah chapter 9. That one and say, no, I was in Moses when he was speaking about him. So they used to come together and speak about him. Hallelujah. Because when you are a believer... And you have got an expecting something, you must be in a state of expectation. You can't go into the rapture until you are in a state of expectation of the rapture. Hallelujah. Because the people that are going there are the people that are studying about these things. They look at the signs and say, this was prophesied and this is what is happening and this is where we are according to the time. And now they must have shared together, looked at the scriptures exchanged the scriptures, shared about it, checked, it, checked and rechecked them. Hallelujah. While they were reading, something happened at River Jordan. There was a man there that began to declare and say, repent or perish, the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm. Hallelujah. And, and while they are reading, and they see what is happening there, and it, that means it was John. John, he was baptizing you must remember Jordan had fond memories. When he was baptizing there, when you went to Jordan as a Jew, you remember that there was a time where God opened Jordan and you, they crossed into the promised land. And not far from Jordan, you've got Jericho. You remember how the walls of Jericho crumbled. Hallelujah. So Jordan provoked fond memories. Now, when they went there, then there was John there baptizing the people right on that spot at River Jordan. Hallelujah. And, and John's ministry, it took hold of a nation. It, it captivated the nation. He spoke with such a sense of authority because his message was disruptive to the order of the day. His message was unusual. It has never been had before. Hallelujah. And when you check the man that was speaking the message, he had no credentials. He was not known. He was an oddball. Hallelujah. You cannot trace him to his organization. He was there independent, being led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. 
And until his ministry demanded the attention of the religious authorities. Hallelujah. Because during that time, there were people that had to make sure that people were kept in balance. What you thought, what you did, it had to be monitored because now they were under the Roman government. Now the Jewish leaders did not want to seem like, like they are losing power over, over the people. Hallelujah. Amen. And when he came, he spoke truth to power. He spoke to the Sadducees. He spoke to the Pharisees. Uh, sometimes he would deter them and say, you children of vipers. Hallelujah. Can you see how it was disruptive to the religious order of the day? They, they must have wondered and say, who, who is this man? Hallelujah. Until later they had to go to him and say, tell us, who are you? Are you, not, are you the Messiah? He said, no, I'm not the Messiah. I'm the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. But why are you baptizing if you are not Isaiah or, or one, one, of, one of the prophets? Hallelujah. But John knew who he was. Are we still together? Now, look when, when after these things had happened, expectation of the people as far as the Messiah was coming, John's ministry, look when the heaven began to make an announcement. Heaven does not respect the earthly protocol. Hallelujah. When it was announced, the angels came down and went to the shepherds to make an announcement that the king is born. Hallelujah. It bypassed the palace of the time. Herod never knew what was happening. Only the people that were predestinated to be connected to the supernatural network knew what was happening during that time. Hallelujah. Now, while they were there, an announcement comes and says, the king is born. And look at something, whenever an, a supernatural announcement is made to a child of God, they don't need much convincing. Hallelujah. There was no debate, there were no scriptures. It was just say, the king is born. And, and, and when they heard that angelic announcement, there was something in them to respond and say, this is the right call. We need to go and buy the gifts and take the gifts to the child. Now, the three wise men as well, wherever they were, they, they did not have literature. They were looking into the zodiac. They were looking at the behavior of the heavenly bodies. All of a sudden, they saw a movement that they had never seen before, where three heavenly bodies converged and became one and became a star. Hallelujah. And, and that unity of the heavenly bodies symbolized the unity of faith in their hearts or revelation. Now, when they came together, then they began to follow this star wherever it was leading them. Because you can never know Messiah unless there is a supernatural sign to show you where he is. I hope you are together here. And unless there is a supernatural sign, you would, you would miss him because it is too ordinary. Hallelujah. Now, they began to, to, to follow the star 
As they were following the star, then it came across the palace of Herod. Then they stopped and went into the palace. Because for some reason they thought maybe because he's a king, he must be there. When they got there, they found out that Herod they did not even know what they were talking about. It, it was a shocker to him. They didn't know what he was talking about, but they say he's born. Then they began to read the scrolls, and the scroll pointed towards Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Then they came out. When they came out, the star appeared again. Hallelujah. Stay with me here. After that, hallelujah, I want you to, to see something here. After Philip and Nathaniel had read about him, after they were expecting this, this ministry that was wonderful, now all of a sudden another one comes to them. Hallelujah. In verse 41, he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found, we have found the Messiah, which is interpreted the Christ. Hallelujah. It was Andrew that went to his brother to find Simon and says, We have found him. It's not a light statement considering all these prophecies that must happen around him. We, we have found him. What a bold statement. What convinces you after you have found him to tell the people that I have found him? What, what have you seen about him that confirmed that he was the Messiah? Hallelujah. Now, when Simon came and when they found the Messiah, let me tell you something. A genuine ministry, you've got to judge it on the effect thereof. Hallelujah. A genuine ministry, you don't judge it by debates. You judge it by the effect on the people. Because when, after he said, we have found him, he said, come and see. Why come and see? He knew that what I've experienced in his presence, when this man comes into that presence, he will experience exactly the same. Let, let's not debate about it. Let's not take this call. Come and see. And when he was coming, someone was coming, then Jesus sees him and says, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. His dead had long passed away. And when Simon Peter looked at him and said, Who could know my dead? Because this man is not my father's age. How does he know my father? What is happening? The same God that his father worshipped was now in the body called Jesus. And when he looked, hallelujah, he says, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Hallelujah. Then the next day, they come and find Philip. And he said to Philip, follow me. And Philip, because now he thought of his brother, he said, let me go and find my brother. And he went down there where Nathaniel was, when he got there, he said, we have found him. Of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We, I don't know what Nathaniel was doing. Maybe he was still even searching the scrolls. And now, when Philip came, he said, stop reading, my brother. What you are reading about, we have found him. Yes, 
And this morning, my brother, the, the reason today, and somebody was saying, the message is wonderful. The message is powerful. The message is effective. And a lot of times when the people reject the message, maybe it is the way we are presenting the message. Hallelujah. People, if I'm in sin, I'm not interested whether you know that quotation and that quotation. It's wonderful. But I want you to present him to me. I hope we are together here. The world does not need theology. It has had enough of theology. The world does not need church needy. There have enough churches. The world needs to find him. And you can never help the world to find him until you have found him. Philip could have never helped Nathaniel to find him until such time he himself found him. And when he presented and said, we have found him, the one that the Moses and the prophet spoke about, we have found him. I can, I can see that old Nathaniel, having looked into the scroll, he must maybe have looked at him and said, what are you talking about? From where? Nazareth, the most filthiest place. He says, no, my brother, come and see. I, I don't want to repay. I don't want to tell you how tall he is. I don't want to tell you the tone of his voice. What I want you is to come and experience what I've experienced. And I think believers in the end time must have exactly the same thing. When you have experienced the ministry of God in the end time, you want somebody to come and experience exactly what you have experienced. And maybe, well, I can put it on your doorstep. And let's, a lot of times, the reason believers are not effective in the end time, many of them have not experienced the real thing. Yes, they have experienced a church. But that is not enough. The world is not looking for a church. There is a new church being built every day. The world is not expecting somebody that just knows the scriptures. There are theologians that know scriptures better than you. But the world needs somebody that can say the same one that was here 2,000 years ago. We have found him. I hope we are together here. I hope we are together here. Then people begin to say, what are you talking about? We can have a great church. Music in the church. We can have eloquent preachers. But unless the people come to a spot and say, we have found him, we have not done our job. We have not done our job. Hallelujah. Now Nathaniel was skeptical. Is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? Philip, you know we have been, we have been down that path. How many impersonations rose from Nazareth? How many people came impersonating Christ? I, I can, have you realized, Philip, Went there with a sense of agency. My brother, let's not debate. Come and see. I think Nathaniel skeptically, he must have followed his own scroll and began to walk. 
in a very disengaged manner and said, maybe Philip, my brother, is misled. But while he was coming there, while he was coming to appear before the very God that created him, that was now hiding in a body of flesh, the very God that knew the fiber of every of his body. And when he was coming there, Jesus looked at him and said, Behold! Behold! An Israelite in whom there is no guide. Now, something began to move in the heart of Nathaniel. He said, Yes, we have seen a lot of impersonation, but today we've got a real deal. Why? Because that Messiah was now a prophet. He could be able to discern the heart of Nathaniel and know him. And Nathaniel said, the only one that can know me is himself. Are we still together? And here's my question. The first time you met him, what was the effect on your life? Did you just start into a message church? Met that brother, became a friend of that brother, became a friend of that sister, got married by that brother. What happened? Was there ever a time where he saw you and said, Behold, a daughter of God? And you realize that, no, 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 this is not a man. Say, Master, where do you know me from? He said, while I'm here, when you were down there, when you were in obscurity, my eye was able to locate you. I was the, when Philip spoke to you, I was watching right under the tree. Maybe went further to name the name of a tree and say, What manner of man is this? That is a thou art the son of God. You are the Messiah. When you know him to be a Messiah, you don't do him a favor. It's a revelation. You've got to be part of that supernatural network. Now, he screamed and said, we have found him. I hope the church in the end time can have exactly the same announcement. Not a bunch of literature. Not just a membership, not just a sermon, but for the people to come and say, we have found him. And if you have not found him, my brother can tell you, you had better find him. What about the Samaritan woman? We have dwelt on this one for a long time. With a bucket, Peter going to the well. Looking horrible. Hallelujah. Being an outcast of a community. With a broken background. Nothing to her name. But Elohim took a personal interest. That's what I like about this God. He's not just a God of a rich man. He's a God of a poor man. He's not a God of a big man. He's a God of a smaller man. And while she went there, he as well said, I want the woman to find me. And while they had planned this way, 
He said, no, we need to change our itinerary. We are not going that way. We are going this way. Why? The predestinated seed was pulling him that way. And when they came there, you know how they exchange the communication. And the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. What happened today is because of the effect of the messianic sign on her life. She knew that there's only one that can tell me these things. It is the Messiah. And you know, I want to take it further and say, he spoke about her her broken background. But when the woman looked in his eye, he still could see the eyes of love. When they were talking about her private life, that was filthy. When the woman looked and maintained eye contact, saw the eye of love. And said, people have looked me in a funny manner. But this man, he knows everything about me, but there's still love in his eyes. Say, I perceive that you are the prophet. And say, I'm here. I'm here. What happened? She took the picture and went to everybody. I found him. Come and see a man. You've got to find a man in the end time because God has become a man. Are we still together? My question to you, have you ever found him? Have you ever experienced his presence? The prophet, I'll read quotations here. There's many of them. The prophet says, the way he came in his first coming, he came as a son of the son of man ministry. When he came, he was a man walking on the shores of Galilee. But he was not just going after everybody. Oh, God is elective by nature. He was going after his elected seed. He, he went from Simon to Nathaniel, from Nathaniel to Philip. How many people did he bypass? And today I want to raise my hands and say, Oh God, how many people did you bypass when you found me? It makes you know what to be pompous. But you raise your hands and say, It is by the grace of God. How many people did he bypass when he came on your doorstep? Hallelujah. But they say, we have found him. Even now after they found him, one day he's with them. I think he must have been looking at them. I said, but do they really know who I am? Yes, they found me. But do, did they find just the son of Joseph? Did they just find the son of Mary? Did they find just a new preacher? He looked at them and said, who do men say I am? Who do people say this son of man is? Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are Isaiah. Some say you are one of the prophets. And they say, but who do you say I am? And here's the danger that I can tell you. Some find him, but along the way they forget who they have found. Yes, it does happen. 
They find him and later they leave him and find a church. Or find a preacher. Or find a new book. Or find a new ideology. But he says to them, who do men say I am? And he comes and says, who do you say I am? And every time he asks you who he is, you need a new revelation, a fresh revelation. You cannot know him based on what happened a year ago. Peter could have said, oh, but Mr. Mr. Am I not the one that you said my father? I'm the son of Jonah. Why now are you confused that we don't know you? Didn't we, when we came one by one, say you are the Messiah? No. At that moment, heaven had to open and deliver the answer, a fresh answer, into the heart of Peter. This morning, if I ask you, do you know him? If you show me 20 years back when you came into the message, it's a wrong answer. You've got to know him every day afresh. Do you hear me? Every day afresh. Not 1972 at a conference. No, say, what about 2015? On the 28th of 2015, how do you know him? Because after we have seen him, you know that's why from time to time we clean the spectacles because they accumulate dust. And that's why we change them to get new spectacles for a fresh look. That's why you can never be an eyewitness with outdated spectacles. Because the doctor would ask and say, when was the last time you changed your spectacles? Five years ago. How do you know that they are accurate? Because you need to change every, is it two years? Yes, get new spectacles. Then you become an eyewitness in the court of law. I know believers that still have spectacles that they had 20 years ago. It has accumulated church politics. It has accumulated laziness. It has accumulated hatred until you, when you say, who do you say is him? They can't give an answer. But we need believers that can rise up and say, I knew him then and I know him now. I have never lost my ability to know him. Are you such a believer this morning? Or have you just known Lighthouse Tabernacle? They had a projector. You don't have a projector. They'll have another projector. Is that what you know? They were at Jellico. They are no longer at Jellico. Is that what you know? I pity you if that's what you know. But you've got to transcend above human barriers and say, my experience with him is still as fresh. I know him even today. Are we together? Let's just read something here. You know, you'll bear with me. Once you have found him, you are excited. You don't behave like a statue. You become excited. I have found him! Have you ever found a a dead man finding him? No, sir. Only people that are alive. And when you find him, you've got fresh songs. 
You've got fresh testimonies. Your energy is higher. You want to talk about it all time. But if the spectacles are older, you are heavy. Even Wednesday, how are you? No joy. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen somebody who just found him? I wonder when this Samaritan woman, when she went back to the what song she must have singing? She didn't care whether there was a pianist or no pianist. She was singing. Messiah is the king of kings. Barging into the city. I mean, people must have said, how rude can she be? Maybe found others still with dinner and say, I have found a man! What is this woman talking about? That's what Christ's experience will do to you. Hallelujah. But the problem, a lot of times, people find him later, they become message academics. Volume 1, paragraph 114. But when you look at life, there is no life. They just found a stack of spoken words. Hear me out. I don't discourage reading. You've got to read. If you are a believer, if you are not reading, you are not a believer. Let me just put it like that. If you do not read the spoken word, you are not a believer. Amen. Now he says, Or maybe I'll come to this one. The, the Hebrew children. They decided that an, an image has been crafted. People had to worship that image. A king issued out a decree. And said, you've got to worship the image. Now we know that the Hebrew brother said, no, no, no. That's not, us will not do it. We've respected the king, but we have got our God. Hallelujah. And now the king, we know that he made the fire seven times hotter. Hallelujah. And say, let us see between you, uh, your God and, my, and myself, who, who, who will be more effective on you. Abandoned the fire seven times. And after the fire was burning seven times, they came to them and said, Brothers, the fire is ready. Do you still pledge allegiance to your God? They say, Even if our God does not deliver us, we will not worship this image. We need such believers that do not worship based on what they get. They worship anyhow. Whether they get something or they don't get something, they worship Him anyhow. We need such believers. Even if it doesn't deliver us, we will still not worship this image. Hallelujah. And now, the prophet in the message witness, he says, while there was a meeting here, there was a meeting in heaven. Where the angels were coming to God and say, we can go there and destroy the fire. And God said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let everything run its full course. And while they were there, then they came, you know how the way it was hotter, they came pushing them with the stick. Hallelujah. But, but look at how beautiful. 
Even though they did not see him when they were going into the fire. Their faith told him that he's dead. And when they stepped into the fire, then what happened? They found him in the fire. And what happened after they found him? The chemical elements of the fire did them no harm. They were fellowshipping in the fire. Hallelujah. Fellowshipping with him until when Nebuchadnezzar thought by this time they are bent to their feelings. When he looked, he realized that there was a fellowship meeting going on in the fire. Hallelujah. I don't care where I go through. As long as I find him, that satisfies me. There was a testimony in the fire with your God. Are we still together? The prophet says in this message, the mighty God unveiled before us. Paragraph 51. The son of man means a prophet. You must remember three history offices, prophet, priest, and king. Are we together? And it says, son of man means a prophet. He had to come that way to fulfill Deuteronomy 18 verse, 18, verse 15. Which Moses said to the Lord your God shall raise up, raise up among you a prophet like unto me. He never called him the son of God. He referred to himself as the son of man because he had to come according to the scripture. He had to make those two pieces of torn paper, the Old Testament prophecy and his own character to be exactly the same. So he came the son of man and came in that form. Hallelujah. And whenever whenever you see a son of man ministry, you must know that a, a change of bodies is inside. Hallelujah. Every time when you see a son of man ministry, some people's bodies are about to be transformed. In the days of Sodom, he came as a son of man, a prophet, veiled in a human flesh, and went to the house of Abraham and said, Where is thy wife, Sarah? Hallelujah. And when he was there, the prophet says, when he got there, he sat, and the tent was behind him, and Sarah was in the tent. And it was Jehovah sitting there, speaking with his son face to face. Hallelujah ate with his son. They had lunch together. And while they were speaking, he said, can I hide what I'm going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah from my son? And from there, he said to his son, he said, son, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. The iniquity of Sodom and Gomorrah has reached heaven, and that is why I'm here. And he says, but what if you find 50 rushes? Then he says, maybe I will consider not to destroy it. God and man talking face to face about the fate of other human beings. But here's something to show that Abraham was the seed of God. And Abraham had a Christ anointing. Even when God said, no, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he never said, it's about time. It's about the time. 
We have been preaching to them. They don't listen. No, 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 no. If you find somebody speaking like that, they're not the children of God. Hallelujah. While they were there, Abraham pleaded for them and said, what about if there are 50 righteous Lord? They, they debated until they came to a number until Abraham realized that actually there's no one righteous. Hallelujah. And while they were talking there, listen, while they were talking there, and it says, according to the time of life, not next day, according to the time of life, Sarah the wife shall conceive and shall have a son. You know the prophet in the spoken word is original city said, right at that spot, had Sarah believed wholeheartedly, Messiah would have come. Did you hear me? But when she laughed in her heart and doubted what God was saying, it bypassed her. Sometimes when God speaks, you are much better sure that you believe. Because if you don't believe, a blessing will bypass you. Because what she was hearing, and the reason she doubted, Sarah didn't know who was talking to Abraham. Maybe he thought it was just some man that was visiting the old man in the house. But had she known that this is the God that created us? Had she known that if this is the God that spoke the universe in existence, there is nothing hard for him. Until God was provoked and said, is there anything that is hard for the Lord? And this morning I can ask you exactly the same question. Is there anything that is hard for the Lord? Nothing. And God spoke there with Abraham while they were eating. Brother Branham says, that was the last sign that Sodom and Gomorrah saw. God in flesh. And from there, he left. And Sodom and Gomorrah bent. Prophet says, that was the messianic sign. That's why 4,000 later, when he met the Samaritan woman, designed her heart. What happened? She said, Sir, perceive that thou art the prophet. We know that when the Messiah cometh, he will tell us all these things. He said, I'm he. 6,000 years later, a man comes on the podium. When Brother Branham preached the message, Who's this Melchizedek? A pulpit was put in front of the congregation that surrounded him. He was in the middle. And when he was there preaching, go and check it out in the message, Who's this Melchizedek? He turns his back. He said, as, as he turned his back towards the tent that Sarah was in, and Brother Branham turned his back and said, There is a woman at the back. I don't know her. She doesn't know me. She's wearing such and such top. Woman, you are not from here. You are from such and such place. Your name is such and such. You are not here for yourself. There is somebody that is in the hospital that is sick. You are here for that person. And the prophet says, who did the woman contact? And he says, he contacted Melchizedek. And the people... 
that knew what the messianic sign should be, as it was in the days of Sodom, when he said, where is thy wife Sarah? As it was in the days when he was here, walking in the shores of Galilee, and say, go and get your husband. When they saw the same sign at the end time, being to speak to people, I mean, in, in one message, he speaks to a man that was in the congregation. He said, sir, you are a soldier. And being a soldier, you are not here by yourself. You have been brought by your pastor. You are sitting next to your pastor. You were working for such and such company, and in that company, you were injured. And when you were injured in that company, you were never well. But do you believe that Jesus Christ has made you well? And here's my question. Among the critics of the message, none of them takes Brother Brennan's message from 1947 until 1965 when he goes through discernment and says he's a false prophet. Another woman comes. I'm just giving you an example here. He says to this woman, your sister, your baby is very sick. You are supposed to take it to the hospital, but you have been holding on. That's a good faith for an unbeliever. And says, you, you used to belong to a Catholic church. And you left a Catholic church and joined the Pentecostal. And you have not been to the Pentecostal church, and it has been a year. All this happened on your baby so that the God can come your way. And when I'm telling that, if God knew the diseases of those people, if God knew their names, and knew where they were and their needs, that was the second pool, yes. But it was preceding the third pool. Now the third pool did not know, just know where they came from geographically. The third pool went beyond geography. The third pool went beyond their names. And went back to the back part of the mind of God. And said, you are an attribute of God. And uh, it got me excited because if he knew their names and he was so precise, he can never be wrong when he says, you are an attribute of God. Have you heard that part? Second pool was working towards that part, which is the third pool in the beginning. Before God became God. Hallelujah. Before there was moon, before there was nothing, before there was an atom, he was Elohim. Why am I bringing this to you? To know that I came. In 2015, we have received the Messianic sign. And to confirm to you that we are not looking for him, but we have found him. And not in a church building, not in a meeting, not from some book. In the realms of eternity, there was a man that said, let us go back before God became God. This is beyond a denominational language. You will never hear it at any other church. It is a prophetic
speak language before God became God. We were there. Well, it was that eternal spirit. And it says, out of him came out a halo, which was in the form of the Son of God. Hallelujah. He says, that halo was that theophany. That logo was that Christ. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Denominationalism will only start from Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But in the message, it went beyond. I only knew when I came into the message that John chapter 1 came before Genesis chapter 1. They don't teach that in school. There's no seminary that can teach you that. Before Genesis 1, there was John chapter 1. In the beginning, the two beginnings. One natural, one supernatural. Hallelujah. A denomination can only see the natural one. But the supernatural beings, the bride of Jesus Christ, they know the supernatural one. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You say, how can the word be with God and be God? You've got to have attended to that meeting. I was there when it happened. If you miss that church service, this one is not going to help you. That one was critical. Were you there? Were you at that service? Were you at that service? When the sons of God shouted for joy. Where were you? Hallelujah. Where were you? Where were you? Hallelujah. And from there, among the floods of his attributes, we heard him saying, let us make man. Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. And our brother, Adam dropped. Hallelujah. From where we were, he dropped further down. And became a theophany. And while we were looking, we saw him as a theophany in the Garden of Eden. Moving, having the dominance. The dominion. But he could not till the ground. Because he was a spirit man. Made in the image of God who is a spirit. And we saw God going and picking up the dust of the earth and formed a body. And in that body, he breathed. Hallelujah. And man became a living soul. What does it mean? The theophany took residence in the body. The first man took residence in the body. And from that time, then we saw Adam chilling the ground. We were there looking. We are not 
say, we were there looking. And while we were looking, then we saw Lucifer having an aspiration, wanting to build a better kingdom. And God said, let us go and dislodge him. I attended that battle. I attended that battle. I attended that battle. I overcame him there. I will overcome him in here. Because I was there when he was overcame. Hallelujah. And we kicked him out of heaven. And made sure that he is unredeemable. No place found for him in heaven anymore. Unredeemable. And while we saw, we saw him dropping there. And when we look at there, then he got into the serpent. And we knew that there was more to the serpent than what made the eye. And we saw him going to the Eve and speaking. And while we were there, we thought we could nudge Eve and say, be careful, there is somebody within this man. But God, but we knew God was starting this great drama. We knew that it was not Eve's fault. She was following a script. She had to fall so that God can come as a redeemer. She had to fall because God wanted to demonstrate, I can save people. She, he wanted us to be sick to show that he's a healer. When we saw that we were not despondent, we knew that it was part of the script. And when the vision was conceived, then we saw that God said, now I want to go down and take residency in a body. I want to be hungry as they are hungry. I want to be tired as they are tired. I want to experience their hardships so that I can have compassion when they come to me. I must not just be a distant God. I must be a God that is personal. I want to be hated as they are hated. And he came and he took residency. And when he was there, the people that were there when the script was written, they looked at him and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art the Messiah. And today in the end time, he has returned again in a ministry of a son of man, a prophetic ministry. And when we were, those that were there, when they hear that Kentuckian man begin to speak, something moves in them. They say, we know this voice. We know this voice. I don't know whether somebody here ever heard what we call a deja vu. A deja vu is when you are sitting with a group of friends and all of a sudden you say, but it happened before. And we are talking about, when did it happen? This is not the first time we are here and talking about this. Hallelujah. When he spoke, we had a spiritual deja vu. Say, but we remember him. We have been with him before. 
Hallelujah. What was that? It was our theophany coming in alignment with our beings. And today, we can tell the world, we have found him. I'm not ashamed to say I found him through the message of the hour. I'm not ashamed to say I found him through this prophetic ministry. I don't know how many found him this morning. I don't know how many rejoice that we found him. Hallelujah. He came in such a simple way. Christ in a manger. They missed him. In the end time, he came in a very simple manner. Through a message that has got hundreds of thousands of grammatical errors. But right in the midst of those grammatical errors, we found him. We found him. Can you tell your neighbor, we f- I found him. I found And be ecstatic about it. I found him. Hallelujah. The devil, you can never make me to unfind him. I found him. It's a done deal. It's settled. I found him. God bless you.
came down from heaven this morning, Father, and spoke to our hearts, Father. The message that you've sent this morning, Father, resonated in our hearts because, Father, it's the message that even before the foundation of the earth, Father, was there, it was there in us, Father. It is like the pastor says, Father, that when the devil started to a chaos in heaven, Father, while we were there as your attributes, Father, when you, we cast, you cast him down, Father, it was not only you casting him down, Father, we cast him, him down with you, Father. That is why this morning, Father, as we are here on earth, Father, the battle is continuing, yes. Father. But the very same people who defeated him, Father, is the very same army that is facing, Father. 
That is why even though he can come and attack our families, attack our children, Father, we know, Father, ultimately it is just a battle, but the war is already won. And, Father, we know, Father, that as long as, Father, he's battling with us, Father, as long as we are with us, Father, as long as we have found you, Father, he has no chance, Father. That is why even this morning, Father, as we come, Father, we declare unto him, Father, that he has no power. He is powerless, to, especially, Father, when he comes facing your children, Father. Because it is the very same people, Father, who defeated him, Father. It's the same thing, Father, is going to repeat it again, Father. That is why this morning, Father, here are your children, Father. Some of them, Father, have tears in your eyes, Father, because you have surely blessed them, Father. And, Father, through this, through this word, Father, you have touched their heart, Father. And even those, Father, who don't know you, Father, who don't understand, Father, what you are talking about when you say, we're talking about that man from Kentucky, who, when who you 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 predestinated this in this end time, Father, to be the prophet, Father. Mm. We, we we know, Father, that even the, the message, Father, that he sent, Father. As long as, Father, they are the attribute, Father, that message will reach them, that, and it will resonate in their hearts, Father, and it will touch them, Father. May you please, Father, just make the connection with them, Father, because we believe that, Father, the, the reason they are here, Father, it was not by accident, Father. It was because, Father, you led them for, to, to this church, Father, so that they can find you, Father. As, as much as Nathaniel, Simon, Peter, Father, and Andrew found you, Father. And, Father, we know that as long as we walk this journey with you, Father, the evil one, the devil, Father, has no chance, Father. As we walk, Father, going home this morning, Father, we give our we commit our families, Father, commit our houses, Father, to save you, Father. Because we know, Father, as long as we save you, Father, we are saving the Almighty God, Father. And then, Father, even, Father, the crown that we're going to receive at the end of time, Father, is going to be a, a, a great crown, Father, that we're going to be able to rejoice with you to, at, to, when we meet you, Father, uh, as, uh, when, when the time is over, Father. Yes, Father. And in this morning, Father, as our pastor has come, Father, and preached so mightily unto you, Father, may you please, Father, restore the virtue that has come out of him, Father. Because we believe that it's not only him speaking, Father, it is you speaking through him, Father. So that each and every time when you come here, Father, can you reveal this word as much as you've revealed to him this morning, Father, so that he may bless your children, Father, so that this church may grow, Father. Because we believe that for us to grow from glory to glory, Father, from power to power, Father, it's only through your word, Father. Yes. It's not through each and anything that we can do, do Father, except through the word that you send in this end time, Father. As we go, Father, may you please bless each and every one, Father, who who committed their time this morning, Father, and sacrificed their time to come and listen for them, Father. This was not in vain, Father, but it was for a good cause. We pray, Father, believe in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord. We bow down, we bow down, we Worship 
somebody grounded in the weight, worshiping the almighty God unashamedly. Let's give brothers a Can't find them if they can't get. But in the message can produce. Oh man, we thank the Lord, brothers. Yeah. And that's what Timothy says that let the holy man raise the holy heavens. God bless you for bringing your voices. Just one last thing we are dismissed. It has been wonderful to be with you. Hope to see you next Sunday, some on Wednesday. Have a blessed week. Continue to be victorious. Possess the gates of thy enemies. Amen. God bless you richly. Give us another song. I was thinking, you know, there are just too many songs on the menu. Because too many songs. What about that uh, war cry of ours? You know the war cry? You guys call it the national anthem, I call it the war cry. Maybe just just tell them what it means. Oh, the same song I says. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> it says, Hallelujah, I think we're going to sing the song. It means, Hallelujah, blessed Jesus is found. The Lord is found. But the other most story is the conqueror. Is the conqueror? Yeah. Okay, okay. You have heard it. Like, we conquer with his power. Yes. So it's a, it's a war cry. Isn't it a beautiful song? Uh, have you got any song that's represented here? Yeah. Because as in this church, we can go Shona. While you think we are at Shona, we move to English. We can sing anything. Amen. Let's sing that one. And then may God richly bless you. Pray for us as we pray for you. God bless you.
and a half people in the house on the Let's give God a hand of praise in the house. Uh, 